0: Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Fresh From the Field. I'm your host, Ken Nelson, and my guest today is Rob Kakowski of Camps Hardwoods. How are you doing today, Rob?
1: I'm doing good, thanks for having me here today.
0: Oh, No problem, and 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 thank you for joining us on the show, and congratulations and this is in order. Um, your company won the Ag Exporter of the Year Award this year, so congratulations to you.
1: Thank you, thank you, really appreciate
0: that. Yeah, no, great, we were on a, uh, the work ceremony the other day we did it virtually uh, because you know the COVID this has just turned everything upside down and so we presented you the governor presented you the award and and that was a great ceremony and it was just good to uh to um to see that and it's always good to see this michigan companies just doing great man especially again in this time this has been a difficult time with COVID and everything so so again congratulations so if you could just uh briefly just share with the listeners what is Could you explain what Camps Hardwoods is, and what do you all do?
1: Uh, Sure. Um, uh, Camps Hardwoods is basically uh, really extremely focused on the promotion of hardwood products from the state of Michigan. Uh, We put tremendous emphasis in the promotion of our products and our location here, and the fact that our products come from the Michigan Timber Resource. Um, most U.S. hardwoods are produced east of the Mississippi. Uh, the Michigan re- resource is really highly sought after and produces some of the highest quality hardwoods our uh, country has to offer. Um, that might sound like a, a sales talking point, but but our industry really does have several trade publications um, that put out uh, pricing trends and and kind of uh, the the. Um, quality and uh, differentiation from our products first products coming from other regions like in the south uh, coming from the Appalachian regions or even the northeast regions. Um, Michigan's forests cover um, nearly half of our state uh, because of the tremendous water resources that we have uh, from our great lakes to the 35,000 plus inland lakes, thousands of uh, miles of rivers and streams um, we, we really have the best soil for hardwoods to grow uh, when you mix that with our cold and snowy winters um, and you force which force trees to grow slower, our hardwoods end up with very unique features and Just to kind of give you a few specific examples, uh, hard maple will have a very small brown heart, and the sapwood will become extremely bright white and it will become the, the, the majority of the tree, um, our red oak uh, coming from sandy soils. Uh, will be heavy to light and consistent wheat color with tight grain uh, compared to a more like southern red oak that might be uh, really red, full of mixed colors, mineral, and have erratic grain patterns. Um, Our company, as we're focused on those Michigan timbers and products, uh, today um, is owned um, and started by Paul Camps. We are made up of three locations. Uh, We have two sawmills, two green sawmills, Busker-Columber located in Freeport, Michigan and McCormick Sawmill located in Freeland, Michigan. And we have our dry kilns that are located um, here in Dutton, Michigan, which is a suburb of Grand Rapids. Um, But we also, because we're a vertically integrated company with our sawmills and our kiln operation, um, we've developed uh, several unique custom cut programs uh, working with me in export sales, uh, Paul Camp's son, Tyler Camps, uh, for example, uh, sells to a, a UK-owned manufacturing facility in Romania that makes products for IKEA. Um, instead of the way lumber has been cut and graded uh, through the industry for, for decades, if not over 100 years, um, we actually develop um, uh, more of a custom cut, um, kind of uh, and develop create unique cutting concepts where we'll bring our customers in from that facility in Romania and work with them so that we can put up a product that actually gives them better yield when they go to manufacture their products. Our products do ship to a wide range, a wide range of worldwide markets, uh, and we'll sell to flooring manufacturers, cabinet makers, millwork and molding shops, uh, furniture, furniture companies. Um, And uh, today um, we export about a third of our groups, um, our three locations total sales into the export markets, but uh, export sales do make up about 55% of our kiln dried lumber sales out of this facility. Um, And I I do want to mention too that, uh, you know, as we're working through our Michigan Forest, we take a lot of pride in our FSC certification. Uh, That's the Forestry Stewardship Council. A lot of people see that little green, uh, I guess, logo on a a tag that they might buy it on a shirt uh, in our stores, but uh, um, this certification basically demonstrates to our customers, um, our communities our commitment to promote responsible forestry practices. And, and
0: you mentioned some of the countries um, that you export to. I mean, you mentioned UK. Um, are there any other countries that you, you export products to? Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, we actually, um, we're, we're pretty well spread out. Um, we, for example, in Asia, um, uh, uh, ship lumber to Russia, uh, Japan, South Korea. Uh, we work with a number of uh, countries in Southeast Asia. Um, China, um, who has traditionally been a large market for us. Uh, We've been uh, putting lumber in there for over 10 years and we've actually seen a shift in the way that we work with um, the companies there, where we originally started working with um, like international traders or wholesalers maybe even evolved to start selling to some distributors there. And now we have um, spent enough time traveling back and forth to China where we're working directly with, um, with the factories and uh, it's given us more um, you know, improved profitability, but just given us more stability in maintaining those customers. Um, we sell a great deal into Vietnam. Um, and then uh, we get sales into Indonesia, Malaysia, and Thailand as well. Looking at Europe, um, you know, as I mentioned, we sell to the UK, Uh, Portugal has been a steady market for us for a a number of years. Um, We'll sell to millwork and molding manufacturers in Italy. Um, I mentioned the the, the, the factory in Romania. Uh, We have a strong presence in the Germany market, Um, and then we get spot sales as well in places like Estonia, Spain, uh, Belgium, and the Netherlands. Um, We've shipped product into the Middle East, uh, uh, Jordan, and Lebanon, um, and we are working hard on Israel and hoping that that might be a developing market soon, Um, certainly with with some of the news that uh, um, in the uh, uh, peace talks that have been uh, taking place in the new agreements. uh, We're even more optimistic about that. Um, And then, uh, you know, I I guess looking at exports, you know, uh, looking at North America, uh, we do um, sell the truck-flowing manufacturers in Canada, and uh, uh, and we'll ship lumber down to Mexico to cabinet makers. Um, we've had some oddball sales into other places that um, might pop up only once or you know twice a year, but uh, uh, we've shipped lumber into Casablanca, Morocco, and uh, we sell to a, a probably the most remote place, a, a small Caribbean island uh, um, that's, I guess, technically considered a part of South America, uh, St. Lucia. So, um, wow,
0: I mean, that's the Caribbean incredible- well, wow. yeah. incredible amount of countries that you export to. And so, I mean, with, with that many um, countries that you're exporting to, uh, how, do you, how do you work with MDARD and, you know, and other state agencies to, to coordinate those exports?
1: Well, um, uh, with MDARD, um, I mean, we primarily work with MDARD and the Michigan Economic Developmental Council. Um, MDARD specifically helps us uh, by sending in a field inspector who gives us guidance uh, and meeting requirements to ship to those varying countries worldwide. Um, They also do a thing where they conduct our uh, USDA phytosanitary inspections, which usually have to accompany uh, most shipments uh, when a container goes overseas. Um, All of the countries we export to have um, specific regulations about heat treating Um, temperatures and moisture contents of the lumber, as well as a number of other things, such as do the packages of lumber have bark on them or, you know, um, again, some uh, other things that they check for. Um, There are uh, different uh, invasive bug species that have wiped out entire forests, uh, such as the Emerald Ash Borer and the Thousand Cankers disease found in Walnut and that is why these regulations are put into place. Um, some of these rules change weekly so our field inspector keeps us informed and he works and communicates us with us daily to make sure loads of lumber aren't rejected at destination ports. Um, and Doug will audit us as well to ensure that we are doing the processes of drying and heat treating uh, lumber per, uh, correctly if it's going to be exported. In um, our uh, very specific uh, field inspector that we work with um, has been uh, coming to our facility now for the 10 years that we've been in business and, and he's really um, puts a lot of effort into, you know, educating the staff and um, I think he's contributed a lot to our, our company growth and success um, for sure. Um, but then um, MDAR will also um, uh, allow us to, they, they will have an international marketing consultant that, that works with us to, um, uh, you know, bring up new ways as the state develops new programs to educate us on those and let us know about, you know, ways the state of Michigan will support our businesses. Um, MEDC also provides us with an international uh, trade development uh, representative. And I guess be, uh, between the two organizations and in the, in the two reps that we work with, Um, uh, They have just done a tremendous amount um, to uh, help us grow our business in the export markets. Um, uh, They've done things from setting up meetings with us um, at no cost to our company um, with international trade experts uh, to, uh, we'll meet with uh, trade experts to regions such as the Middle East, Africa, Europe, Mexico. Uh, Most recently I met with someone from India. Um, They have helped us organize and participate in international trade shows, uh, such as uh, multiple shows in Guangzhou, uh, Shanghai, China. Uh, We've done shows in Cologne, Germany, Dubai, UAE, um, and uh, Mumbai, India as well. And uh, they'll even support us in the international shows that are hosted in U.S. cities, uh, like we have one, a large one in Atlanta. Um, They provided resources to um, develop our international media and our company website, um, to where uh, they will uh, provide us uh, with the resources to, if you look at our website, uh, it'll be, it's available in Chinese, Japanese, Portuguese. Uh, we have both Spanish languages from Mexico and Spain on there as well. Um, our MEDC rep uh, will help us navigate uh, the uh, Michigan STEP grant program, which has helped us defer the cost of many of these different international marketing activities. Um, the grant is designed to pay back 50% of Michigan's company, company's international marketing uh, uh, expenses. Uh, and as I said, um, you know, uh, that will help us defer a lot of our costs and, and it'll even cover things in addition to the things I mentioned. Uh, even if, if I go overseas on a sales call to visit a number of customers, uh, they will um, provide that to uh, financial assistance. Um, our state gave the okay in 2020 after um, after covid to up that reimbursement to 75 percent um, we're hoping it'll continue into 2021 but um, but again you know when you're really looking at the you know how expensive a, even a domestic sales call is when you start looking at international uh, travel and all that activity to have the state supporting us in a way to where you know that uh, marketing expense can be cut in a minimum 50 percent it really is uh, uh, quite good support.
0: So so why are exports important to your company?
1: Um, So uh, Camps Hardwoods just recently uh, um, celebrated our our 10 year anniversary. And um, for us, exports really uh, go back to the start of our company. They were always a part of our initial marketing plan when we launched this business. Um, just to give you a little bit of uh, more history about um, the background of our company, um, Paul Camps um, uh, previously, or he still does, but uh, he originally started with uh, a company called Michigan Pallet um, in 1989. Uh, they have four locations in Michigan as well, Charles, Oil, Clinton, Charlotte, um, and uh, their primary products are industrial products, mostly pallets. Um, the, the pallets um, are generated from the cant of a, of a log that are basically the center of a tree and there was a time when um, cans were a little bit uh, more difficult to uh, the, the resource was a little less available so Paul started looking at small sawmills through the state of Michigan to purchase um, and, and after he got into the sawmill business he, uh, he really enjoyed working with landowners, um, cruising standing timbers um, and um, really just traveling throughout the state uh, to developed a pretty good passion for it so in 2004 he went ahead and purchased Buzzkirk Lumber Company which was a really well-established reputable large green sawmill that um, uh, now has been in business for over 100 years um, in 2008, when the Great Recession and in uh, um, the housing crash hit the hardwood industry uh, fairly hard, uh, Paul um, really noticed that green lumber sales, their primary product coming out of Buzzkirk, uh, were, were tough to sell. Um, um, lumber, when it's green, has to be shipped promptly and you're really at the, um, or I guess he felt like um, uh, he didn't have control in that the uh, kiln operations that bought the green lumber could completely dictate sales pricing, sales terms, and, um, uh, and just the overall purchasing. So without having that, um, uh, without having that control, he started to you know, come up with the idea, of, hey, I need to have my own kiln-dried lumber company. Uh, he approached me in 2009 uh, to bounce the idea off of me, but uh, with the economy being as poor as it was... It really seemed like a, a risky move to um, invest, uh, to make the capital investment. Uh, uh, drying equipment and other lumber handling equipment can be, you know, quite expensive. So we kind of um, um, put the idea aside. But then uh, in uh, April of uh, 2010, a small kiln operation uh, company had gone out of business and, uh, and they were going to mothball the facility Paul approached me again asked me to kind of go through the facility um, see if I couldn't draft a marketing plan um, to, to launch his company and and um, and uh, so I met with them and and we did that um, there was uh, I guess a, a number of shortcomings with the facility, uh, you no know, lumber handling equipment, um, uh, a lot of the uh, value added equipment such as planers um, were outdated. Um, it relied on uh, gas fuel um, and uh, um, and basically it was you know, there was no staff there, so so you know, we were really starting from scratch. Um, we kind of compared that to uh, what other Michigan domestic companies were doing and there are a lot of very good uh, Michigan sawmills um, and kiln operations throughout the state but a lot of them focused on uh, products and uh, that would sell into the domestic markets. So um, what we did was Um, We kind of just took the the shortcomings of the facility, I guess. I guess in summary, it's kind of a good way to say it. Um, We we took the shortcomings of the facility into consideration um, and um, said, hey, we can uh, uh, produce a product such as um, kiln-dried thick stock, rough lumber, that sells um, uh, regularly into the export markets today. Um, With the I had some previous experience for sales and I uh, basically wanted to put an emphasis on allowing the sawmill to cut a higher value product um, that would come into the kiln facility uh, that would uh, stay as rough lumber and um, um, focus that into the international markets. Uh, We felt that no other Michigan company was doing it at the time or at least making it their primary objective and and it uh, basically um, by becoming our own vertically integrated company um, allowed uh, Paul to uh, create a situation where he had more control uh, as markets change. So.
0: Wow. Oh, that's a great story. You know, thank you for sharing that, that background on that. And I guess for uh, um, other companies that may be listening, people that are listening, um, this next question is, is pretty much asking why, why is it important for other companies to consider exporting? Um, why is that important?
1: Well, I mean, um, you know, I think that the the biggest factor would be um, making sure that they have good diversity in sales in their various markets. Um, uh, Everyone's aware of the old saying about not putting all your eggs in one basket. Um, you know I kind of mentioned how our kiln operation company was just formed uh, because of the poor domestic markets in the two thousand and eight recession uh, so at that time if if um, uh, having international markets were available, um, that might have helped buffered some of that. Um, But uh, you know, um, I also mentioned how we were spread out quite a bit throughout you know various countries because I as I I wouldn't classify it as like you've got good export sales, you've got good domestic sales, a little bit of both. I think within the export markets, it's important to really diversify as well. Um, China uh, has become a massive market to our industry Uh, in the year two thousand and eighteen. China was actually buying one-third of all U.S. hardwoods and logs that were being produced from our country. And um, and that was because they started getting um, English-speaking buyers on board. They started bridging the gap uh, between not just the the large producing um, uh, lumber businesses in in the U.S., but but even smaller mills uh, throughout the uh, country. Um, Well... When you're doing sales, and I go back to one of the first uh, trade shows that, that I attended in uh, China, um, uh, we, we uh, were standing in a booth and we had a buyer come in and, and uh, he ended up buying uh, in a single PO 100 containers from us, uh, which is basically two months of our total production at our facility. Um, Whereas if you're working on a domestic sale, you could you could spend um, so much time and resource into trying to just sell a single uh, pack of lumber uh, to a, to a facility here. So so it got really easy where industry um, started getting very dependent upon that um, that market of China. Um, I noticed in 2016 specifically, um, when I was still primarily doing all of the sales for Camps Hardwoods, um, that uh, we had one month where we shipped almost 80% of our total production that month to China. And I kind of went into panic mode at that time. Um, Tyler Camps, who I mentioned was transitioning from our production staff to be a a full-time lumber trader. Um, And I asked him to not focus on China or Southeast Asia at all and and start to look uh, more into the European markets. He has put together a lot of nice programs um, into Europe, Um, and I also wanted to diversify um, uh, getting out of China and looking at uh, countries like Vietnam and Japan. Um, uh, We, uh, as I mentioned, um, uh, grew our business into to other European countries, Um, and then um, we saw that 80% swing in 2016. Just a short six months later, we had only shipped about 8% of our product to China. And um, and we couldn't be happier after um, that first tariff hit in August of 2018. Uh, China put retaliatory tariffs um, um, on our entire industry. And um, and we really um, saw our industries, specifically the companies that were so dependent upon that one market, um, get into a, a tremendous um, amount of trouble. So, um, so, you know, kind of in addition to working with those markets, um, there's always things that you can't foresee, um, like the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, uh, with this, so far this year, uh, we've seen market plunges in places like China, Japan, and the UK over the last six months, um, and I'm talking big, big number of differences, anywhere from 17% to 45% less hardwood purchasing. Um, but yet, then we've seen rebounds um, um, where places like Spain, Sweden, Germany, and Vietnam have been uh, purchasing at higher levels through the first six months of this year. Um, and then, although Italy overall has dropped quite a bit in uh, 2020 through the first six months, um, we kept shipping lumber right along to that country, even when they were being hit, you know, perhaps the hardest in, in early March by the pandemic. So, um, so I guess, yeah, what I said, diversity of markets is critical to any business. Um, so I would strongly recommend just, you know, spreading the wealth out as much as possible. Um, and, um, you know, being able to, uh, um, control any market, any one specific market fluctuation. Um, and then we, um, uh, I think a lot of people don't know, uh, or if they have any kind of apprehension about selling in export markets, it's, you know, Hey, is it safe to do it? Am I going to get paid for what we're doing? Um, and, uh, it's interesting, you know, through, through programs that are set up. documents, uh, they have um, uh, letters of credit. Um, Often we will put containers on the water that are are headed over to a foreign country and and our customer will simply wire us the money before we release the the documentation. They need to actually pick those containers up. Basically everything that we do, and um, it's prepaid. Uh, we find that uh, it's riskier doing business domestically. Uh, we've certainly had uh, domestic uh, customers default over the years on on debt that you know was owed to us. So, so I think that uh, any apprehension uh, companies might have about that, you know, really can be put aside. But um, um, one of the one of the big things that we like as a company, um, and, and and I would recommend to other companies. Um, to, to get involved in export sales is um, it, it helps us with recruiting good people um, and we think it helps us with employee retention and just overall enthusiasm. Our staff always appreciates when we reach further into different parts of the world with our brand and our products. Um, I I don't think a a new college graduate ever says, hey, I want to get into the hardwood lumber business. That seems like an interesting business to get into. Um, But when they see the international side of our business, um, I I think it makes it a more attractive and a a more exciting company to work at. Um, I know uh, our export staff and production managers um, really enjoy traveling into the various markets uh, to attend shows and meet with customers and prospects. Not only do we see the different applications of our hardwoods uh, going into use, um, you know, we conduct some good business while we're traveling and we get to see new places and, uh, and, and see and learn about new and different cultures.
0: Oh, that's great, that's great. Thank you for that. Thank you. And um, the last question I have for you is, is what does it mean for the company to win
1: this award? Uh, our, our entire company is pretty ex- excited about this from our owner to our export staff, Um, to all the guys working in production. Um, We do a lot of team building things here, uh, promotional items. Um, We're constantly giving the guys uh, uh, camp shirts and hats and they're already bugging me to say, hey, we need to get a shirt that uh, says we're the MDart exporter of the year. uh, So they can wear those to work. But um, I think um, the award um, sort of reinforces to the entire staff that uh, the overall care and effort we put into our quality and our service um, you know, is quite exceptional and it's, it's, it's led us to a lot of international business. Um, our, our, our worldwide brand recognition and reputation is something we are all proud of and this award just really validates that to all of our staff. Um, well, while, while I'm still with you, um, you know, I do want to mention that uh, we, we really appreciated that the, the Zoom award meeting that we had and, and that um, Governor Whitmer presented it uh, to us. Um, uh, Director McDowell with MDARD was there as well, a number of senators and legislators, um, as well as representatives from MDARD. Uh, and uh, the MEDC um, participate in the ceremony, so that was all great, um, and, um, and we also want to give um, a special thanks um, uh, for that award to the Michigan State University International Business Center who sponsored the award. Um, they uh, uh, had a review committee that um, made up of rep- representatives from Michigan State University, uh, Comerica Bank, Foster, Swift, and uh, Collings and Smith PC. And the Van Andel Global Trade Center. So, um, really appreciate it uh, to, uh, to to everybody involved in that, um, as well as uh, receiving the award.
0: Thank you so much, Rob. Congratulations again to you and your your team at Camps Hardwood. Um For the listeners, we're going to put uh, a link to your to the Camps Heartwood. Is there any other place that the listeners can can find you all in, in your products? Do you do, you do any um, like consumer products? Do you do you sell those? Um, as well that people can can find and purchase or is there anywhere they can find out more about your
1: company Uh, yeah i would just uh, recommend just uh, visiting our website uh, www.campshardwoods.com and uh, it'll provide them with the information that they can uh, um, uh, certainly find us and reach out to us
0: all right thanks so much rob i really appreciate you taking the time to speak with us today and thank you all for listening and we'll see you next week